Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the rest of the K-Fave crew. Introducing first, he is the king of the K-Fave kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how you living today, bud? Hey, that's how I'm living, baby. Uh-huh. Football's back. Oh, yeah, living pretty good, though. Pretty solid Thursday. Shitty traffic as usual because Nashville's got too many damn people. Y'all need to go back to wherever the fuck you came from. Except for my girlfriend, she's she's from California. She should stay, but everybody else go home. <laughs> it is actually. I feel like it's actually starting to happen. By the way, people are slowly actually moving out again, which is kind of great. Um, Jesse, buddy, how you been, man? I know you're not the patron center of the Rock Block anymore. We're gonna have to come up with a new monarch for you, but um, how you doing, dude? Dude, doing great. Uh, I'm out. I'm one of them that has done moved away. I'm out here yeah. in War Trace, about an hour twenty minutes ish from Nashville proper. Like right dead smack in between Murfreesboro and Shelbyville, real close to Tullahoma. Our friends out there at the Gypsy Joe Arena and stuff. It's about 20 minutes from me now. So pretty cool, real serene. This is the first time recording from that location. Got our buddy's Preds memorabilia in the background. Figured it was fitting. So yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm really stoked to get into the news and stuff. This is a big week. Yeah, I am super pumped about it, man. Lots of news, lots of notes, lots of haps going on. Last week's show, we did our... Best ever uh, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And uh, I think we got some pretty nice lists back and forth. I was pretty happy with the show overall. Feels like we finally got the groove of the new format. I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, what'd you guys, how'd you feel about uh, last week's show, Wex? Like I said, our YouTube views have been going up. I did slack on the TikTok last week because I had a lot uh, going on personally, but on the YouTube there, our views are uh, starting to get a, staying steady. Like I said, the hundred views in like less than a week on the top five uh, gimmicks that was a uh, surprising, but you know we're still up there and people are really enjoying the new format. Uh, my new family members that I just recently met have been listening to the podcast and uh, people seem to enjoy it. I have some seek, I have some siblings and cousins that I never knew that liked wrestling that I just met, so that's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Love that. Love uh, the, the expansion there. Uh, Jesse, how'd you feel about last week's episode? Dude, I left last week's recording very jazzed, very stoked. Uh, I'm super invigorated about the show. I'm loving the format. I think it's a lot of fun. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's great. It's great not to have any obligations and to just kind of like talk about wrestling the way we want to. It's really, really fun. And um, yeah, speaking of things going crazy right now, uh, my goodness, what a wild week in the world of wrestling um wex man just take the reins baby give us give us the haps you know what before we get into like the juicy juicy stuff that everybody wants to talk about let's talk about like the other shows yeah like that's what i was going to kind of start off with like before the madness happened we got three really good wrestling shows we did we did indeed i didn't catch all of all of them i caught all of all out and most of the clash at the castle but Everything that I saw, I mean, there's nothing really that I had too many big gripes. A few, of course, a few matches here, there had some missteps and some like little kerfuffles, but like overall, I thought all three shows were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I watched all three shows. I watched from beginning to end, and I enjoyed all of them differently. Um, they were all three felt like very different products, and that's awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah, I enjoyed them. Jesse, what do you think? Dude, I, I actually got the chance now that I'm out here to watch all three as well, which is a lot of fun. And I mean, All Out definitely, in terms of just a show front to back, takes cake for me. The When Worlds Collide, I was pleasantly surprised by. I kind of expected to 
sort of have to make my way through that one, and I really enjoyed the whole thing. I thought they brought it in a much larger way. Mellow and Ricochet, my God. That was yeah. a fantastic, fantastic bout. Clash at the Castle also, I was not expecting to really like, but I had a really great time watching it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did too, man. I really, I mean, especially that Gunther Sheamus match. I think it's Sheamus's best match of all time. That was good. I think it's his best match he's ever had in his life ever. Um, it was very, very good. I mean, also the Riddle Rollins match was very, very good. Um, the Reigns McIntyre match was very, very good. So disappointing, it, 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 but good. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. I mean, the same thing with World Worlds Collide. I, I didn't really have a whole lot of. Um, I'll say that like their social media team did a really good job this this week specifically. It was like they cut in all of the old guys returning and like all those ads like, wait, what, 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 what? And then when I found out it was happening, I was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, and I found out that they kind of this is the best thing about this weekend, by the way, is that like they all realized that instead of trying to be stupid WCW and WWF where it's like we're going to put the same pay-per-view on, try to put it on like the same day, you know, like have head-to-head competition. They like laid out a whole weekend for us. You know what I mean? It's like you get to enjoy everything spread out. You got breaks between shows. It's nice. Um, yeah, man. I, I love both of the WWE shows. I am actually have a lot more faith in NXT now. With a, It's almost like they get a massive influx of, of talent with the UK kind of blending in for a while. So yeah, man, I'm I'm really pumped about it, and then we can uh, yeah, let's talk about all out though. Let's let's get into that. Wex, what do you think? I mean, I thought the show itself was great. You know, disappointing on some of the finishes because you know just because I want this wrestler to win rather than the other one. But overall, like I said, all the matches are pretty good. You know, the the Jade Cargill uh, Athena match had a few missteps, but it's gonna happen with the rookie and the style of wrestling. But she's clearly getting better. Like the Hulk thing, and I mean the whole show is pretty fucking good. The trios match, fucking fantastic. Uh, even the main event, even the main event. Even though I still didn't want CM Punk to win, regardless of what we're gonna talk about, it is what it is. But I mean, I thought all that was still a great show. Not their best pay per view, but like still a very solid one. Maybe like a top five. I wouldn't say it was a top five. I, I would say it's a six or seven, maybe right out, just right outside. Maybe. Maybe there were a couple of things that did really irk me about the show. Like number one thing that really irks me is the Kip Sabian booking. Like you build it up, you uh, build yeah, it up, fair. you build yeah. it up, you build it up, you build it up, you build it up, you build it up, and then you bury him. And it's like, dude, why? I don't wonder. Like, did, did he like piss in somebody's Wheaties? Like this dude has been poorly. He looks, he looks amazing. He's a good talker. He's an amazing wrestler. Like why? Like, he is so sellable. You know what I mean? Like, he's easily – you could put a rocket on that dude's ass, and he would be a massive – like, he, to me, Sam Guevara, Kip Sabian, same, 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 same. Like, they're the same. So well, I don't, maybe, I don't uh, see now why that one is being Maybe shifting like, a little bit. We'll see some more of them. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I, I do think that I, – I, I'm worried about, you know, the consistency with the booking. But but other than that, you're right. The, the, the wrestling was really, really good. The wrestling sh- the show was insanely good. Uh, the Christian – Jungle Boy match should have been more of a match, but I understand that they're continuing the story and yada, and yada, Christian's yada. Christian's actually like legit hurt and is out now, so. Yeah. Which I mean, is... that was – my biggest takeaway from All Out is just more and more of what AEW has kind of been going through here, and it's the style. I think it does have to do with other people working additional shows and things too, but they're just so plagued by injury at the moment. Throughout the entire card, really, I mean, Hobbs and Starks – did not live up to what I think that match could have been. And nope. they just didn't give them long enough. Yeah. I mean, and it, that's one that I felt like actually should have been given time because you're looking at two bona fide ground up 
AEW national television stars in both of those guys. And instead, we're giving the majority of the TV time to things like, look, I thought Darby killed it, but that match didn't need the time that it got. And I thought that it was very odd the way that Miro was used throughout it. Um, the, the pairing in and of itself was a little weird. The match was still good, but it was very strange. And I, I it, to me, I'm like, you could have shaved a couple minutes off giving to Starks and Hobbs. The, the Christian Jungle Boy thing is just kind of a tragedy because I feel like bell to bell that actually could have been a, an absolute banger. Maybe not a show stealer, but a fucking banger. Um, yeah. At least Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy will be good, and it'll be a banger in ring regardless because they're both fantastic. For oh, sure. for sure. So we do get that at least as a consolation prize. Because I think we all like the story, though. We all like their storyline going in, and it just sucks that it's not really a payoff in the ring. So that, yeah. n- not to anybody's fault, but that yeah, is should happen that sometimes. WCW though, like it just like those. No, it's not anybody's fault. It's like no one's fault. But that's it's like that's very rare that that happens in WWE. It's very rare. It's also kind of unfortunate that Malachi Black's last act in possibly professional wrestling, but definitely in AEW, is to uh, get misfit in his face, and then he's gone. I think he, I mean, he was going, you know how wrestlers do when they know they're going to be leaving for a while, they want to go out on their back, you know how they say it. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's just, I don't know. I, I felt like that could have been cooler, but. No pun know. intended, because apparently his back is like literally fucked up, so. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Him. He has like some like he's been dealing with serious injury and like some personal shit. So they granted him his his release. We can take some time off and all of his indie bookings have been canceled and everything like he's legit just not wrestling. Yeah. Well, wish wish well to Tommy and hope he hopefully bounces back. And that's right. Even if he doesn't do wrestling, hopefully he just has a successful and happy life. Yep, absolutely. All for it. All right. So I guess you guys want to go ahead and get into the the real fucking dirt. Let's get into it. So uh, I'll. Do you want me to just lay out the, the yeah walk us through what happens? So we can kind of get into it. this. Narrate it. What? You go ahead and narrate it. Just walk out okay, the, the so, explain the situation. All right, we're gonna go ahead and start this off. So CM Punk post All Out after his big match had a press conference. You know they always do the big press conferences. At the and scrum. for some reason he just singled out, which we know this reporter who was friends with Colt Cabana, who works for one of the fucking dirt sheets. He saw him. He recognized him, and then just kind of went on this rant this tirade about colt cabana and how he thinks that adam page and the young bucks like leaked the story and just started talking mad shit on about aew him. time adam- by the way not his time on aew time that's an aew media scrum oh yeah this is on oh, this is 100 yeah he said this is my time and this is a 100 percent a company thing because all companies do this shit new japan wwe's done it in the past so we know like it's definitely not his time but you know he went on there he called adam page a, a like a Dumb fuck, empty-headed fuck. Literally got real personal about Colt Cabana, which he didn't need to do. This is all shit he could have did backstage. He just started ranting, called the EVPs like pieces of shit so they couldn't even manage a target. And was just basically going unhinged. And Tony Khan's face the entire time was just like... He looked like he saw a fucking ghost. It was just like... Well, he cut him off twice. Tony tried to interject, and Punk cut him off twice. Yeah, he tried, and I mean, I could just – Tony, eventually he bossed up this week. We'll get to that, but you know, Punk talking all that shit, and he literally ends the press conference with, if you have a problem with me, come talk to me. Come see me. Says that, and so the how these events go is how all the other wrestling sites have reported them, and there's been multiple slight different versions for what happened apparently is that the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega apparently – 
kicked the door down in one version and the other version the young bucks got the chief legal officer and they just went and opened the door and went to go talk to punk and however they entered the door the events follow has been pretty much corroborated by everybody cm punk started throwing punches at matt jackson and then during that nick jackson tried to you know like intervene tried to stop it a still KO'd pretty much like I don't know if he was like legit knocked out but he got fucked up with a chair knocked Nick Jackson with a chair apparently has a black eye and then within all this supposedly Kenny Omega came in because the dog was barking and handed off Larry to another one of the AEW officials and went in there to try to pull people off and Ace Steel started pulling his hair and bit him and then I guess also Christopher Daniels somehow uh, Brandon Cutler uh, Pat Buck, a few other people, you know, like got in and tried to break it up and eventually got everybody broken up and they kept arguing or whatever. And all of the people, including the backstage people, the executives, everybody's been suspended as of now. And CM Punk was stripped of the title and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were stripped of the trios championships. And CM Punk supposedly is injured again, and they don't know 100% if he injured himself in the match or in the melee that he started. And after – during all the shouting, he kept threatening legal action against everybody. Okay. And, Bring it, dude. Bring and it. As of please, now, please go toe-to-toe with a billionaire in the, in the courts. I would love that dirt. I would love to talk about that for a year. Oh. Please, I mean, but – uh, See, I mean, I just don't know. I don't know. Pretty much no one really truly knows what happened. But as of now, no CM Punk, no Young Bucks, no Kenny Omega on TV. None of those other people were there. They've all been suspended. And Tony Khan just announced that he stripped him of the titles and there's going to be new champions. But he didn't really address what happened. So as of now, all we know is pretty much all the bullshit that we've heard from everybody. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it here. CM Punk is just a bitter, bigoty bitch. I'm just saying it here. Even if I wasn't a fan of the elite, he just, man. You're getting paid way too much money to go into business for yourself. You already went into business for yourself. You fucking keep getting hurt. You really, at this point in time, probably didn't have business being back in the ring in the first fucking place. I'm just going to throw that out there. But it's like we're looking at like peak asshole Shawn Michaels era. Like, Except he's not on drugs. He has no excuse because he's straight edge. He's righteous. Well, Shut the I'm fuck not, up. I'm not sure that being on drugs really gave Sean the excuse. It just added fuel to the fire. You know what I mean? But I mean, like, drugs, alcohol, injuries. CM Punk just has injuries and he's bitter. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, CM Punk's also like, what, almost not quite twice Sean's age at the time, but I mean, he's up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that, that's, a, gotta, sure. that's a fucking factor, dude. Like, there's also he's very entitled, obviously. He walks back in and you know, it's like everybody freaks out that he got pops off a scoop slam. Don't get me wrong, he had the crowd around his little finger, but now all you're doing is burying your own goodwill with that entire community by literally just verbally and physically attacking the people that brought this company to be in the first fucking place. It makes no sense. And I will say this if this happened under Vince McMahon's regime, and I'm not saying Vince is a great person, but let's talk business for a second. No fucking way does that happen. No. Zero percent chance that even happens. Like that Because think happens. about the presence of Vince McMahon telling you to stop cutting you off versus Tony Khan. It's just – He would have killed the mic. Vince would have killed the mic. He's, Tony Khan's the buddy boss, and Vince McMahon is the boss boss, and Tony's yeah. going to have to learn. You can't be the buddy. You're going to have to boss up sometimes. And yeah. honestly, even though we haven't truly got a full decision, but stripping everybody of their titles was the right decision. 
it shows no favoritism and it shows like y'all can't be doing this bullshit. So hopefully he can boss up a little bit or shit's going to continue to be out of hand. It's just, that's just what it's going to be. Hopefully Tony Khan can make, okay. It all boils down to this. Everything from this point hinges on how Tony Khan handles this specific situation. Literally all of AEW balances on how he handles this situation moving forward. And I mean, you're going to have to make amends. Like, do we see AEW moving forward permanently without any four of those wrestlers? No, of course. The, the elite, I mean, they started AEW. It's in the name. Oh, they've been very and, vocal. I mean, apparently the rumors are they have been said that we're, they're not coming back. They're not going back to AEW. Well, if they're not going back to AEW, whichever company they decide to go back to, which would be New Japan, Ring. Well, I mean, it's not going to be Ring of Honor because Tony owns it. But if they go back to New Japan, I mean – I love all the you other wrestlers that, in AEW. They, I will continue to watch AEW. You know three, where eight, the elite They're going to the WWE elite. The wherever they go, I'm a fan of the elite. The elite, or I mean, everybody that's in the elite, pretty much Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, the main guys. Those people got me back into wrestling. Like got me really back into it. Like watching it heavy back in 2014, which coincidentally. Like I said, the trio's champions. Now the new ones, uh, Death Triangle, also, same time period. NXT, Lucha Underground, like, these are all era wrestlers I like. These are the people who I follow. So if AEW doesn't bring them back, like, I'll still watch it, but I'm not going to be as invested, just like WWE. Like, I watch it a lot, but there's not anybody that I really just love or that's booked right in WWE. So if they decide to take the elite out of all elite wrestling – I'm still going to follow them, and I'm going to watch them wherever they go. Yeah, I mean, I think if he's smart, he keeps everybody under contract until the fruition of their contract. I mean, I don't think he lets anybody out, and not in that circle. Like, he doesn't let anybody out. Like, I mean, hopefully, I think the, it makes the most sense to rid yourself of a steal. CM Punk literally never wrestles again, period, ever, anywhere. He's done. He And honestly, for his ego... His last match, he won the AEW title against John Moxley in Chicago. It's a perfect ending for an egomaniac like him. It makes sense. He said what he wanted. He was true to himself. And his diehard fans will respect him forever for just walking away. It's a very Bret Hart moment. Yes. And I think that very much like Tony Khan is leaving money on the table if there is not a Jim Ross interview and he says, Punk screwed Punk. I have no sympathy whatsoever for Dude, CM Punk. Dude, if he There's, doesn't do that, God damn it, that would be so good. That, Jesus fuck. I that mean, would be I would pop I would pop hard for that. I think I there's just, money to be left on the table there. And honestly, too, like even if it turns him into terrible Tony Khan and he becomes a heel on on camera, I'm fine with that. Totally. They're fine. already booing him a little bit, so lean into it. Dude, I mean, why not? What do you have to lose at this when point? When he announced that fucking qualifier tournament or whatever, or the what, what do they call it, the Grand Slam tournament or whatever yeah, the fuck? the Dude, tournament of champions. The whole damn crowd immediately yeah. turned on it. I mean, I like, mean, the smart money would have been to just be like, it's Dynamite, fatal four-way tonight again with Jericho, Danielson, Moxley, you know, MJF. throw as much stars as you can, <laughs> crown a new champion, move on. That's the best way to do it. But, I mean... Tournaments again. I'm not upset with the tournament of champions. It's cool. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan of a wrestling tournament. It's always cool. King of the Ring, G1. I love I love me some tournaments. But they just did one for Moxley. They just did one. Like it just happened. Like I, I like know. that idea though. Like it just gives everybody. Like it gives new people an opportunity. 
Yeah, I but guess, I mean, but well. not not really. I mean, who, like, you know, it's the same fucking group of dudes. You know what it's I mean? The same like, guys. Not, yeah. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, hey, you know, Hangman. Hey, Mox, we got to see Daniels Brian Danielson Jericho, versus fucking hell of a main Hangman event. Adam Page three for no reason, and it was a fucking banger. True. It True. was. Dude, and I'll say that Dynamite this week without having the Elite, without having CM Punk and not mentioning that, they put on a really fucking good show. Well, They put on a great show. Another thing that we have yet to talk about, which is super sad, is how they have been booking MJF and how amazing – like that's another, like that's a, that's a big reason why I'm, I'm the most pissed at the CM Punk situation. Oh, yeah. Like you I have just ruined – Just undermined that fucking return. That amazing that – ama- like <sighs> pro- possibly – and like – I'll also say this. I was a thousand percent right. Mr. Know-it-all was right again. I never once wavered. I said from the beginning, there's zero percent chance. This is a work. There's a hundred percent of work. There's no way this is a shoot. It's a hundred percent of work. And I was correct in all of it. The network never said anything about not wanting MJ up on their television. Clearly, none of that ever happened. It was all a work. I don't think so, any like, thought it was a shoot. I never thought it was a fucking shoot. I, you know yeah, what I mean? It, it was just it was it was certain people speculating. Amazing, but dude. I loved MJF this week. He teased the, so the face turn, and then ripped off the Josh Allen jersey. Who he uh, hopefully throw some touchdowns at Diggs tonight. Give me some fantasy points. But you know he uh, he had him in his palm of his hand. He turned on. Him. It was great. I, MJF. I think he will be the guy moving forward for AEW. Yes, a thousand percent. I mean, no matter how this ends, this this tournament ends, that champion, it should it should almost be the same night. Like, give us, give me an amazing match between Jericho and Danielson or something. Or and he Danielson comes out and cashes in the chip like after like the match, like Edge style. Yeah, straight That'd up. That'd be so yeah. good for his like the heel move. Like yes, yeah. Or and he and he ha- and he has his boys, the Morrissey, or the whole clique beat him down, and he doesn't have to do anything. So apparently the way that's being explained is that he's just he's just hired them like he's not with them. That's not his faction. Oh, Stokely, because he has a, a relationship with Stokely Hathaway from the past. He just hired him. Yes. Like, oh, OK, I make- just paid him a so, bunch of money. That was hey, that's always going to be in his back pocket, though. He's yeah. always going to have that Stoke. So maybe he maybe he hires them much better than being in the faction, though. He doesn't yeah, need of course. it. He could be he's it would MJ actually drag him down. I think. Yeah, he could hire pinnacle guys. He could hire, uh, you know, anything. Well, Pinnacle's all babyface now, except for him and Spears. But Spears, Spears is pretty much exactly, down. and Spears could could be the guy. Because what has Spears done since then? Coached, exactly. Trained. So Spears can he's been waiting for that MJF return to get him some shit. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I don't think that there's money in pushing Spears to do anything. I mean, you can get let him get run over. Or what the fuck no. ever? Like no money, but good filler to no, add. He's to a like good. A he's MJF the good, you know, line. little henchman good guy filler. to like. Take some pins, eat some chair shots, give some chair shots, of course. But, you know, he's a good heat guy. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not a marquee. I'm not. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely not going to move the needle, quote unquote. That's a term everybody likes to use now. Um, but yeah, but I think it's it could be good filler. It could be good to like add to the legitimacy of his, you know, this comeback or whatever. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's it's wild right now. I mean, you got to also talk about too, like, I know we talk about, you know, Vince McMahon, how he would have handled it, but it's like, it really is a different ball game now that Triple H is running WWE. We get, we're seeing this instant change. You're feeling the vibe in the locker room at WWE, obviously changing with the returns of people. I mean, it's, to me, it's way more enticing than people think. And I like, let's Maybe just, Cody let's just, saw the writings on the wall and knew dude, what was happening with Punk and was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. What happens, what happens 
if Omega and the Bucks go to the E, what happens? Then I'm going to watch the it E more because they'll be there. It, I mean, I, it, that's a death blow to AEW in my personal opinion. You also yeah. have to keep in mind, they immediately turn around and put the trios championships on a trio, two of which have spent a great deal of time being incapable of being on AEW television. Pac, with whatever issues he's had, but be it travel or injuries or anything else. And Ray Phoenix, it's a matter of time before he gets hurt again. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't give a fuck. I love the fucking Death Triangle. Some of my favorite goddamn wrestlers. I was so happy. I was definitely – I mean I'd, it would be cool to see Orange Cassidy and the best friends just because, like you said, they're always on TV. They're AEW lifers, like OG people, but it just makes – I give, it gives a little bit more legitimacy to have Death Triangle because they're former tag team champions. They got the All-Atlantic champion, and they're just badass motherfuckers, so you can't hold the travel on Pac. And, of course, Ray, he's just – I can understand why you hold that against Ray, but don't fade Pac. It ain't his fault. Ray's fault, kind of. Well, um – you know, Pac has two belts now. He's so, he's Tupac. He's Tupac. Tupac. Well, uh, well, since he's with the Lucha Bros, he's Dos Pac. Dos or Pac, Pac Dos. <laughs> El Pac Dos. El Pac yeah, Dos. I mean, the other thing, too, I you know, I, I hate to see it. Uh, I know that he wasn't being used. And I know Cole and O'Reilly are both still out with injury. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And so Bobby Fish obviously goes bye-bye here. And, you know, I don't know if he goes back to the E. I don't – you know, whatever – He's but staying. he's I just I think it's just his contract ran out and they're just waiting for a reason to bring him back. I mean, I, I, I it, there's no there's no else for him to go. I don't think Fish stays. He may get out of wrestling altogether. He may do a New Japan run or something, but I don't think he stays in AEW. Like I thought he was supposed to uh, face Luthez recently for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> Bobby, what the fuck are you talking about? Sheesh. Nah, because he's so fucking old. Oh, uh, yeah. Nah, man. I mean, I don't. I mean, honestly, if O'Reilly, I mean, the only way I see that he, he not coming back is if Adam Cole just comes back solo. Well, I mean, hey, I will say one thing about this: C- CM Punk didn't go unhinged until Bobby Fish left, and Bobby Fish has always been critical of Punk, and he also literally the day after this gave him an open challenge to CM Punk. I'll, I want to face you in an MMA boxing kickboxing whatever type of fight you pick it we can do it in chicago wherever you want to do it and laid out an open challenge he's like phil I, I, let, let's do this if you want if you want to go that route you want to fight i'll fight you and i 100 percent think because of cm bunk's track record bobby fish would beat the shit out of him oh he would whoop oh, his ass god yes there's, there's no, no thing and he was always like he was like making fun of punk like when he was still with aw he was making fun of like punk's kick when he re-injured his foot and was like being very critical punk didn't say shit and as soon as he leaves you know he's out here going on hinge i guarantee if bobby fish was back there he might not have been so froggy <laughs> i don't know about all that i don't know about all that i'm not saying that I- CM Punk is scared of Bobby Fish. I think that's a little ludicrous as well. No, I think that's actually true, and it's funny because CM <laughs> God damn it. Uh, or just call up Mickey Gall, and then he might be a little bit more scared. My goodness. My goodness. Man, well, um, guys, there's a lot going on, and I am. I will say this is the most exciting time to be a wrestling fan since 1997. Like To me, th- this fight is as big in the Mark world as... I'm going to say as the, as the Montreal screw job was, I honestly believe that I think that this, I mean, I, I'm really anxious to see what the dynamite ratings were. There had to have been a spike. 
there had to have been a spike to see. I, I read that there was. I didn't look at the number, but I read that there was a spike with the fallout and the. I watched it live, and I normally watch it on DVR, and I made sure to like watch it live. As yeah, it was like number two on cable behind like something else, but it got over a million views. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I guess we'll just be glad that Ace still didn't have a pair of scissors when the Young Bucks <laughs> went in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A steel is definitely done in the business period. Oh, yeah. Never working anywhere ever again. Um, I mean, all, all I just want to say is that CM Punk literally said, if you got a problem with me, come see me. And then people came to see him. And then he, I guess he didn't think they were going to actually come see him. Like, I mean, he's ridiculous. the one who threw the punches apparently. So exactly. I mean, he's just a, sh- yeah. Whatever, Fired CM forever. Punk. I don't, don't, I don't ever want to see him on pro wrestling TV again. Exactly. I don't miss don't you. I never needed you. Let's get into the real deal of what we're here to talk about, and that's our top five fucking mid-carders of all time. Yeah. Personal yeah. opinions here. Not yeah, who is the greatest, just who opinions. we think are the, the best five. Opinions. But I do believe that, um, you know, okay, to me, let's 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 qualify what a mid-carder is now that we got some time, okay? what what A mid-carder to me is a person that, never really aspired to go beyond where they were, but was very good in their spot, has memorable spots. I'm not talking about job guys. I'm talking about mid carters here. And people like people think that that's like a, like a, you know, like a, a bad thing. Like I'm disparaging them or like insulting them, but like there's a massive place for like mid card stories. It's very important. They play. I mean, some of these people are, you can be, a, you can be a hall of famer and be a permanent mid carder. Like, I mean, it, it's a very important role in the show whether it be a comic relief thing or whether it be just a workhorse thing and maybe you didn't quite have the charisma or maybe you have a ton of charisma and it's just a gaga match and your match quality was kind of terrible or whatever, but you knew where your ceiling was with these guys, but they delivered every single time in that mid role, like in a TV title, U S title and a intercontinental title and, and that, in that kind of world. Um, so that's, that's our criteria for the top five. Are we all on the same page on that or tag title? Yeah, yeah. We're that's still pretty mid-card. Yes, that's fair, too. Yes, that's fair, too, as well. Um, yeah, are we all on the same page here? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I I will say the aspiration thing, I can't really say, because I do think that a lot of guys still had the aspiration to become main eventers, don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, yeah, sure. But then found their niche and then, like, stayed in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, weren't in the back bitching about how they weren't getting a push, that kind yeah. of thing. And, so and I do they in happen to get – I mean, and some mid-carders get some main event pushes here or there, but – Overall, they're still known as mid-carters. And number five, are we ready? I'm ready. All right, my number five best mid-carter of all time is Goldust. Um, now, that, that might be a little different because like, I know he's aspired to be a champion. Uh, but I feel like he played that middle role really, really well. And I feel like every time he says it's like, I, you know, you want to be the world champion. It's like I don't ever really feel like there was a point in – uh, the peak gold dust era specifically, and I use specifically using gold dust and not necessarily Dustin Rhodes, um, is that I don't think he ever really needed to be a world champion. It's like a very much Bruce Pritchard thing to say, like he didn't need the championship. Like he really didn't though. Like, but his gimmick, you never really, you never really gonna see gold dust as the world champion. I don't think everybody thought and anybody ever really made him a true main event contender. But in the mid card world, he's he's easily a Hall of Famer, right? No one would argue that. But also, no one would say he's a main eventer. And so I feel like there's value in that. So to me, Goldust, number five, specifically 96 for me that year, untouchable. Um, but still upper to mid card, never quite the main event, but delivered every single time. Had a great story, memorable stuff that everyone remembers. Uh, very great mid-carder, Goldust, number five. Jesse, where are you at? 
Man, I'm going to go with one who's uh, kind of lighting up the internet these days, but Mr. Zack Ryder. Ooh. Got to say, one, you know, a guy who took the initiative, got himself over with the fans, got himself yep. over on the internet before a lot of people were really doing that, has also transformed his career post-WWE after getting let go, has gotten to yeah. a point where he's like the darling of most every show that he's on, uh, has completely gone the route of going and taking over an indie like GCW, which would be the equivalent of somebody going in and taking over an ECW in the heyday of Monday Night Wars. It's like the yeah. kind of very similar to me. Uh, him winning the intercontinental title at WrestleMania was one of the biggest pops I've ever heard in my fucking life, which just proves that he, he was being held down in a, a lot of ways and God knows why, you know, but I think Zack Ryder, uh, definitely makes this list. He is my number five mid Carter. Yeah. I don't think it's the last we've seen of Zack Ryder with that wrestling name in WWE, by the way, I do think that he ends his career, um, in WWE as he should, especially now that triple H is there and now triple H did high, hold him a little higher. I mean, he's. Triple H has done the job for Zack Ryder in a singles match on Raw. Did happen. So, yeah. Uh, lots of meat on the bone there. I like that pick. Number five is very solid. Although, could maybe possibly be a main eventer at some point. You never know. It's very still it's still very possible. Yep. Late 30s. Still got some time. Oh, yeah. Um, Wex, what do you got? Number five. All right. Coming in at number five for me is a dude who's still on TV. The smoking, the one, the badass Billy Gunn. He's much higher on my list than number five, but oh really? Okay, I, I, okay. Well, I, I have, he, I, some, I mean, he's one for me. Like even till this day, he's never really, like, truly ever been past that mid card level. But he's always been one of those mid card dudes you can be invested in. And yeah, that's the whole thing about being yeah. about a mid card wrestler. You can't just, you have to be something extra special about you for me to even care. And during the whole Attitude Era, like Billy Gunn, I mean, he's probably my number two favorite member of DX. Maybe number three favorite member, and he's just he's still out here till this day with the acclaim with his kids, daddy ass. I mean, he's he's reinvented himself many times. The yeah. one Billy Gun, the Billy and Chuck. I mean, he, he's yeah. done it all, and he's just he's still out here. And I, I mean, I don't really want to mention his uh, TNA run, but uh, hey, everything else has been pretty good. Billy, Rockabilly was the shit. Oh no, Rockabilly, yeah. the smoking. I mean, yeah, yeah. smoking. Anything guns, but yeah. TNA, honestly. Yeah, TNA was well, sad. I, mean, I don't know. His beautiful people run in TNA was actually not that bad, but the no, VKM run. Never was mind. Bad. Let me talk. His TNA with Road Dog run. Yeah, yeah. Not, we not, don't want not, that. That was the fake New Age Outlaws. It was just miserable trying to call out WWE every week when they did not give a fuck. Yeah. At all, but probably didn't. Love you, Billy Gunn. Awesome. I love all of those. My number four um, best mid card of all time. If I can be serious here for a minute, uh, is going to be Lance Storm. Um, I think that his in-ring work is phenomenal. I think that like every he elevated everybody that he worked with, and he was a phenomenal wrestler in the mid-card world. But you knew like he he was content with where he was. Where he was was booked well for the most part. He wasn't really. I mean, like he got some silly stuff, and he was in some comedic stuff through like the WWF, like kind of like post attitude, but not quite ruthless aggression. That little weird black hole window. Um, he kind of did some comedy stuff, but he wasn't bad at it. And it filled a spot on, on the show. And, and I think that, I mean, his his so technically sound that I would say he's probably one of the best professional wrestling trainers of all time. Oh, I was um, going to say that. That's nice. So, I mean, 
yeah, Lance Storm, hell of a career. You like, I knew if it was a mid card match with him, it wasn't going to be a popcorn match. I was going to want to watch it, but I didn't. I wasn't necessarily invested in the story that he was having. So it's a very different different vibe than I had from Goldust. You know what I mean? It's completely opposite things. He's feeling in a different role. I knew the match was going to be good, belt to belt. Period. If Lance Storm was out in in the ring, it was going to be good. But I also knew that like might not have the most charisma, might not really give a shit emotionally, might just have some oohs and ahs and maybe a this is awesome moment, but it's not going to hook me in. Either way, great mid-carder, phenomenal career. Wouldn't argue with him being in the Hall of Fame, uh, especially for some other people being there. Um, so, yeah, that's my number four, Lance Storm. Jesse, where you at? My number four shouldn't be too controversial because he really never was anything more than mid-carder, I don't believe, but is Sir William Regal. Nice. Wow. Nice. I've always loved his in-ring work, phenomenally stiff, very believable. His feud in WCW with Fit Finley is still one of my favorite things I've ever seen. It's just some of the toughest shit ever in the history of mankind. Uh, obviously, his ability to scout and identify talent has given him just this phenomenal post-in-ring career. Uh, I would still love to see that motherfucker wrestle a match, and I'm sure he would kill it. But, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, Sir William Regal, I absolutely believe, deserves to be on this list. He is my number four. Kind of surprised it's not higher, and I'm very jealous that I did not include Lance Storm. <laughs> nice. Well done. Well done. Wax, well, where you at number four? All right. Coming in for number four at me is one of uh, one of the sickest wrestlers of all time, and that is Ain't No Stopping Me Now! Oh, wow. Shelton X Benjamin, the gold standard, uh... No matter what company he's been for, WWE, uh, you know, New Japan or not New Japan, but uh, fuck, why am I blanking now? Uh, Noah, Pro Wrestling Noah, Japan, anywhere else he's been, he's never really quite past that mid card level, but he's just a fucking phenomenal athlete, great wrestler who really easily could have been main event level. He just never really, yeah. I think WWE kind of held him back a little bit, and Carlito for that matter, but uh, you know. He uh just he was that guy. I mean, he's still till this day one of the most like great athletic guys in the ring. He can go with anybody. Yeah. And dude, he was just the shit back in the day. Like that ain't no stopping me. Now. Like I got hype when that theme song came on. I was ready to watch a Shelton Benjamin match. The Gold yeah. Standard was some great shit. But Japan though, Suzuki Goon, that was still some really good shit too. And even the Hurt Business and it's what it could have been was really good. Let's hope Papa H gets that back together. Let's hope he figures it out for sure. Um, that's going to lead into our medals here, our bronze medal here, third place. And I feel like I'm going to be poo-pooing on somebody's number one or number two, but my number three is X-Pac. Um, I think one, two, three kid, he's my number three. He's my bronze medal. Um, I mean, he's like the only, he's like the main member of the clique that was never really a main eventer. Um, but also too, like, you know, he was like kind of touted as the measuring stick. Like he was the guy that would say, you know, to Vince, like in the early days and the, and during the change of the new generation to the Attitude Era and even into the Attitude Era, he became like kind of the barometer, like, hey, can this guy go? Does he have it or not? Um, and so, you know, initially when I was a kid, he was very much like a Jeff Jarrett to me with go away heat. Like, I just didn't want to see him uh, really? a lot of times. Um, yeah. Was but, this pre X Factor or like just DX? Mm, this is like late end of DX, like when it's like. The blooms off the rose. Like Triple H has already been the game for a while now, but DX is kind of back. But it's like Diet DX, and it doesn't really make sense, and it's really convoluted. And you know, it was around that time when you had like a—I'll never forget it. It was like Billy Gunn and China 
versus yeah, they had a little team going on. X Pac and Road Dog for the rights to Degeneration X, like trademark. Yep, I remember that. That was in like the and early like, days of SmackDown. And I was like, this is bad. Like this is not. This is bad. And I just after like from then on, like from that part on, I was like, all right, X Pac, this is enough of you. Like it doesn't make sense for you to have this name anymore. Just be Sean Wallman or go back to One Two Three Kid or figure someone else. Like that's what bothered me the most. I don't know why because I'm a particular person, I guess, but like. I was like, you're not X. There's no Generation X. How, what, 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 what are you doing? I don't know. I just didn't like it. So either way, loved him as a mid-carder, though. Like, he was a sustainable guy. Obviously, e- easily a Hall of Famer. Member of the clique. Legendary. Bronze medal. X-Pac. Jesse, you're bronze. I got to go <clears throat> with uh, the real deal now, Mr. D-Lo Brown. Oh, shit. Nice. nice. Well done. I absolutely nice. love Almost D-Lo. Honorable mention. Almost been on my list. Yeah. He, uh, you know, obviously his beginnings in Smoky Mountain as an enforcer for the gangsters, who was like basically their bump guy, you know, kind of got him noticed. Uh, rather, bigger than one would think for a mid card wrestler at that point in time. Once he got to WWF, he just consistently proved himself. The whole chest plate gimmick I thought was fucking genius and it incorporated into so many matches for so fucking long. Uh, swagger for days. His in ring work is impeccable. Uh, his went on to be a fantastic fucking agent has worked for impact for some time now uh, word is he is now departing impact wrestling and nobody really knows if he's what his next plans are quite yet but uh you know let's just hope that he lands somewhere where his talents can still be put to use if he wants to stay in the business i don't think he does that's I think great i love d'lo brown actually the last impact taping we went to i walked past him at like the merch table and i or he was doing actually a meet and greet or a signing and i said Hey, I recognize it's D'Lo Brown. And he said, you better recognize. And I was like, yeah. yes. Great. It was awesome. It was well done. I was there. It was nice. Um, yeah, dude. Okay. I, I feel like this this is a nice list. We're moving right along. Um, well, I've been got? given my number three, but my number three is actually literally the same as you, X-Pac. Oh, wow. At number yeah, three? A bronze medal, yeah. X-Fucking-Pac, Sean Waltman, six, six-Pac and TNA. You pretty much mentioned all the great things about him. He's... He's the shit. I yeah. still like I mentioned that other episode. He has the best suck it entrance of all time on really the video does. games. Boom, boom, boom. Then jump up. Boom. But the third one, you got to love fucking Xbox. Yeah, it's a good one. It was a good, it's a great entrance for sure. Um, before you could do like custom ones and stuff and you had to have one. Like oh, a yeah. I, I always one. chose Xbox on my custom shoes. I would take his entrance every time. thousand percent. Every time. Good stuff. Let's keep it rolling here. Silver medals. Um, this is going to be a little controversial, I think. Mm, but okay. uh, it seems like we're stuck on the attitude era and maybe it's because there was more focus on the mid card and like it became a massive, massive part of the show. Uh, legendary guy changed his gimmick a lot. And I really feel like gets kind of overlooked and gets pigeonholed in one of those gimmicks, which is fair because that was the height of his career. Uh, but Val Venus is my number two. I think Sean Ooh. Morley is an underrated professional wrestler. Like you can go back and watch those Val Venus matches and he's a good wrestler, like really good. Like, Really Yo, great punches. His flash was like amazing for his size. Like, I mean that that whole big ending, like it worked. Like it the was money, a really good shot. finish. Like he he was very good. He had some pretty innovative moves for the time too, the late 90s and stuff. He could move fast enough to keep up with the newer style that was kind of happening, but he still wrestled almost like a uh a throwback kind of style. But he was very, very good. And I thought that um, yeah, I mean, Sean Morley too. I mean, when he had that like kind of corporate office like vip or vp thing like i thought that was a very good role for him i thought that like the right to censor people and people shit on that all the time but like oh, he got great. a lot of heat I people hate hated it, it. it's really memorable it's great 
And his matches, like his actual matches, were very good. No one ever, you know, no one ever thought the porn star was going to be the world, you know, heavyweight champion. That was never going to happen. Um, but it was you remember amazing. His brief TNA run where he came back as a porn star producer because he'd retired. And yeah. he was like a director or a producer. Yeah. That was good, too. That was good, too. But yeah, Val Venus, Sean Morley, my number two, my silver medal. Jesse, where you at? Silver medal has to go to none other than the enforcer, double A, Mr. Arn. Wow. The uh, and the thing is, for being such a legend in the business, I don't think that you can really argue that he ever ascended past the mid card in the way that he was booked. Um, it's not to say that he didn't have some main event shots. It's not to say he wasn't in some main event angles. And it's not to say that he isn't an absolute bona fide legend in the business because, of course, all of those things are true. As a tag team champion, helped reinvent the game entirely. As a television champion, gave that belt fucking meaning and went. Best television champion of all time. A hundred percent. And I mean, you could go literally every week, make everybody look like a million bucks. Dude had it for days. And with the aspiration thing, I do think double A is one of those guys that was the exception. He got into it. He knew what his role was. He knew what he was there to do. And that's what he wanted to do. And he did it consistently for years and years and years. I think Arn Anderson is a very solid, deserving silver medal on this list. Love it. It's a great spot. Well, actually, where are you at silver medal? All right. Coming in at silver for me, kind of some of the things that you mentioned, Jesse, even though he is a legend in his own right, had a few main event angles here or there, but he's overall, I would say, known as a mid-carder, and that is Matthew Hardy. I think I, he yeah. is – I mean he elevated the nice. Cruiserweight Championship, the U.S. Championship at a time when – you know, it, w- it was a common thing. They were trying to build those back up because those were a new thing that were brought over from WCW. And he uh, really filled in those roles. And his only world title runs have been for TNA and WWECW, which, as we know, I mean, yeah, I guess so. He was a world champion, but he's overall been a tag team guy, a mid-card guy. And he always has a great he, – he's one of those guys who reinvents himself consistently, whether it be with the Hardy Boys, Matt Matthew. Matt version one, broken Matt Hardy, just his whole, even his big money Matt Hardy. I mean, every, I mean, he has so many great gimmicks. And whenever he's not on drugs, he's uh, just a genius. And I love how wild some of his shit gets. And he's just one of those people, just like you said, in the 90s and the attitude era, it's good to have those mid, those mid card character wrestlers that they don't necessarily need to be the champion for you to care about them. It's yeah. like you're invested in them as the character and all the wild shit they do. And Matt Hardy, I think, is a well-deserved uh, silver medal for my second place on here. Love it. I love it. Makes perfect sense. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the number one, the gold medal. Um, I haven't said it yet, and so I feel like it's kind of obvious as to who my first one is. Um, and it's not because he's no longer with us. It's just because... I don't think anybody ever thought he was going to be the champion. I know he wrestled for the title a couple times, but I mean, it's got to be Owen Hart, man. Owen Hart's number one greatest mid card guy of all time. Like, there's no, in my opinion, there's like, there's like, he is the gold standard. Like, he is, he is the guy. I mean, because sometimes it was just comedy. Sometimes it was an intense storyline. Sometimes it was uh, tag team. Sometimes very was, versatile. Yeah, very versatile. The wrestling was always good, though. Like, literally always. It was the wrestling was always good. Um, consistency in the ring, captivating, like every, I mean, he wasn't the best promo, but like he was unique and like Owen Hart has a specific promo that is missed in the business. Um, yeah, 
he's greatest of all time. I mean, he's he's you know is as far as that mid level or upper mid level. And again, that's not a slight, dude. That's like a a very valuable role. And like yeah. no doubt, like, if, like we said on on the potential people, like he was my number, like somebody's number one, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like all, if he didn't yeah. die. I put him on he, both he lists, have, and I don't even care. You, he you could have to be mad. To that upper echelon, but dude, yeah. he's definitely. I, I can't. I can't be mad at you for that one. That's a good one. No, can't be mad at all. Can't be mad at all. Owen Hart, number one, best mid card of all time. No disrespect. Also, we're not mid card is not a bad term here. We're not doing that. Um, Jesse, where are you at number one overall? So I struggled with this one. Uh, Owen originally was who I was going to put. And really the only reason that I didn't is because I do still firmly believe in my heart of hearts that the world championship era and run and everything absolutely would have happened at some point. I really do believe that. I just think that it was cut short. But for that reason, my number one defaulted to who I think is looked at as one of the best workers of all time, hands down. Definitely in WWE and WCW, never once uh, like a main event person. And that's Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Yeah, I called it. Yeah. I was mouthing it. I knew it. I knew where you were going. I mean, you're talking about a guy that you know was widely revered in the locker room. Obviously, you know Captain River, just like Owen, except yeah. Kurt's were maybe a little bit more uh, devious at times. Bullish. But, let's just be honest. You know, let's just be real. But. You got I mean, you look at his body of work. I, I, it's hard. You know, at least until his he left the WWF the first time, it's really difficult to find a bad Kurt Henning match. And yeah. There, there were some like later days of WCW where he's phoning it in a little bit, but he still had personality for fucking days. And the minute he walked out, people were paying attention to him. Dumb yeah. shit like smacking the gum, just the fucking look on his face, like just like everything about that guy oozed a fantastic professional wrestler, and he held up the backbone of any card he was on. So yeah. my number one gold medal, top mid carder of all time, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. I like it. Not mad at it. It makes perfect sense. Man, I'm loving this list because all three of our uh, gold medals are completely different. And I had Arn and I also had uh, uh, Mr. Perfect, uh, very close on my list. But my number one mid carder of all time is Jake the Snake Roberts. I almost and out. Well done. I mean – like also just like true. you said, Bruce Pritchard talks about somebody who didn't need the belt, and that's a prime example. Like his fucking character work, like his entering ability, like his entering, he wasn't like a goddamn like, like you said, like a like a Dean Malenko, uh, somebody who's like a, a worker. But he was still very solid in the ring and his psychology and his promos and everything. Like, dude, his feud with Macho Man, where the fucking snake bites Macho, like so good. It and is he, so good. Like the kids crying, like just so possibly the best blindfold match of all time, too. Definitely blindfold like matches that. are terrible. Definitely the best blindfold match of all time. Yeah. Just he had he had it. And if it wasn't for his own, you know, woes that got in his way, which, you know, if we really think about it, it's not really his fault. Lots of trauma in his life, but man. And watching the Jake the Snake comeback uh documentary with DDP, that was just that was fantastic. Yeah. And he's someone who, like, just like you said, he I don't think he didn't have the ability to be a main eventer. Like he easily could have did it with his fucking character, but he didn't need that. He's just he's one of those guys that keeps you invested in the middle of the card because just like I've said before, like in the attitude era, you were you were wanting to watch the show from top to bottom because even the lower to mid card guys still got you invested, still had that character. And he's one of those guys who without yelling and screaming and like everyone did in his era, he could cut a fucking good promo and really get you hooked in. 
I love it, man. I love it. Owen Hart, Mr. Perfect, Jake the Snake Roberts uh, sitting atop the greatest mid-card guys of all time. And I feel like not mad at any of those. Great picks. Great lists overall. Um, I'm super excited about it. Uh, now we get into some games. Like the games Ooh. part of the episode. Um, it's all game about show. the game. Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel Don Schaefer here. And uh, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to play the game. Who am I? And this is the NXT Championship Edition. Very hyped for NXT right now. Worlds Collide was awesome. Really hyped to see where they go with it. Really great. Really wish Tyler Bate would have gone over Braun Breaker, but that's neither here nor there. Um, let's uh, let's get into it though. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and um, you know what? You know what? Wex, give me what? Give me your uh, your Who am I? Give me your facts. Your three All facts right. for your person. Who am I? NXT Champion Edition. I am the first person to win the belt outside of Full Sail University. Okay, you got two more facts. I am a wrestler whose NXT TakeOver debut was actually in a tag team match. And I am a wrestler who has been a part of multiple factions throughout my career. Are you Seth Rollins? I am not Seth Rollins. That's one for you. Questions? Do I I have family members in the business? I do not have family members in the business. Was I ever NXT Tag Team Champion? I was not ever NXT Tag Team Champion. All right. You got one guess and one question. Am I currently on the WWE main roster? Yes, I am currently on the WWE main roster. Mm. That's two for you, Jesse. Two questions. One more question. Question for you, Daniel. Did I ever win tag team championship like titles on the main roster? No, I have not won tag team championships on the main roster. So that's two questions down. So you both have one more question to go. Was I a prominent performer in Ring of Honor? No, you have maybe one appearance in Ring of Honor ever. Which is a lot of people, so that's not really saying much. So that's three three questions for Jesse. One more question for Currently Daniel. Currently on the roster now. Am I Kevin Owens? You are not Kevin Owens, so that's two two guesses. You have one more question, one more guess. And Jesse hasn't taken any guesses yet. Am I Andrade Cien Almas? You are not because you're not still on the main roster. So you oh, got yourself yeah. on that one. Yeah, whatever. Um, Main roster? God, that's what's throwing me off. My Finn Balor? You are. You got Ah. it. (laughs) (laughs) He won the title actually in Japan, which was the first place out of full sale that anyone won the title. And, you know, he's been, you know, Bullet Club, Judgment Day, Control Terrorism Unit. Like, wow. Well done. Well done. I like it. I, you got it. I, it. It was like very tense and just suddenly my Finn Balor. Yeah, it was. Like, I like that one, though. OK. You guys ready for mine? Yes. 
I am a three-time Intercontinental Champion. I am, or I got Feud of the Year in 2010. And I was NXT Superstar of the Year in 2014. Who am I? Do I have family in the business? No. Okay. I know who it is now, but uh, let's go ahead and take your guess, uh, uh, Jesse. Well, I haven't asked any questions yet there, uh, uh, Wax. <laughs> What's I'm saying? Go ahead and ask your questions. I'm going to go ahead and wait and give you a chance. Am I Sami Zayn? Yes. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> well, that, was incredible. that wasn't too hard. That was, was an incredible God moment. <laughs> oh, that's All awesome. right. Yes. Wow. Great job. Jesse, you're up. It was going to be one or one of two wrestlers anyway, so yeah. it wouldn't have been that that deep, but here we go. Between companies, I am an 11-time tag team champion in total. I am a three-time world champion in total. I have the longest tag team championship reign in another company. Who am I? Am I currently on the WWE main roster? Yes. Am I currently still on a tag team? Not at the moment, no. Was I the TNA World Heavyweight Champion? Yes. Am I Bobby Roode? You are. <laughs> it was also a, <laughs> one of three people at that point, or two people. Damn, that's a good one. That we all cool. got them pretty fucking quickly, actually. We all got them very quickly. Okay, look. We got one more game left. It's not really a game. It's more just like a rapid fire. Uh, would you rather, right? So we're, talk we're still talking about starting companies here. But I also think that it's kind of fitting um, – I had already had this picked out before all the CM Punk stuff was going on anyway, but he's in the championship tournament. He was the first ever AEW champion. So my my would you rather is Chris Jericho today. Ooh, okay. okay. So would you rather have Chris Jericho or Drew McIntyre? Jericho. Jericho. I'm going Jericho as well, but I thought it was topical. Mm -hmm. um, staying on the same topic, again, starting a company. Um, would you rather have Chris Jericho or Walter slash Gunther? I got to go Walter on that one, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to go Walter, Gunther, whatever you want to call it, because he's he's just too badass. I hear you. Okay, okay. Chris Jericho or Cody Rhodes? <sighs> Jericho. Jericho. I still probably got to go Jericho. At I'm that definitely point, going Cody. At that point in time, we're still talking about main value to an extent. If I'm starting a company, I, I want them extra dollar dollars, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get Even that. if he's not like the main guy, just having Jericho there. Yeah, yeah I get that. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you, but I still I think I would, I would still. All right. All right. Um, all right. So, um, you know, obviously on the other show, it's got to be it's Roman Reigns or Chris Jericho. Jericho. Roman Reigns. Yeah, I think we're going Roman Reigns, actually. Yeah. Going Roman. He's got just enough more star power at this point. I can take him over Jericho. All right, last one. Last one. Chris Jericho 
or MJF? MJF. MJ fucking F. He's he's MJF. too good. He's too good. He's too fucking good. You, <laughs> you're just talking logic, logical wrestling point, fan. Yeah. Has got to choose MJF. Even if you love, even if you're like Jesse, Jericho's your dude. But you got your, you, you see the future. You see the writings on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. And even Jericho would tell you, pick him over me. Yes, and Jericho would also tell you to find the show at kfabecom on Instagram and Twitter. To find the show at kfabecom pod on TikTok, kfab comparisons on Facebook and YouTube. You can always find your boy, Mr. Know It All, Daniel John Schaefer, at Daniel Daybreak. Literally everywhere there's ever been like an at for anything, like LinkedIn, anywhere. If you want to Venmo me, sad Daniel Daybreak, like anything, Daniel Daybreak. That's where you can find me. Um, Jesse, where can folks find you, man? At Jesse Baker Nash on Twitter and Instagram, which is funny now because it's no longer Nashville, but who gives a fuck? And then just regular old Jesse Baker on Facebook. Nice. Lex, give him the script, baby. And as always, you can find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all of your social media platforms, officially on uh, the Twitter now. It's at Wex Lawson. But you can pretty much find me everywhere. You need to get on down for that TikTok. I'm definitely going to get some more videos uploaded tomorrow. We're going to get down for this podcast. And I just want to say, uh, Daniel, you're going down. Fantasy football week one, me versus you and... Stefan Diggs is going to show out for me tonight, get me some touchdowns. I don't know if you have anybody playing tonight. I don't think I do. I'm looking at it now. No, I don't have anyone playing tonight. Nobody on the Rams, the Bills. But uh, anyways, when it really comes down to it, fuck the Rams and the Bills. It's all about the fucking Tennessee Titans. You see the hat. You know what it's about. I know Daniel also likes the Titans, but when it comes down to it, he's a, a Patriots, Patriots fan. Yeah, massive Patriots fan, bro. It's well, football well, season, baby. It's football. Oh, season. I mean, I'm hey, we're repping, repping, baby. We got I'm it. always repping. You see I'm the Titans repping. in the background. You see what it is. You hey, know man, what listen, it is. Listen, they, we didn't life, get baby. the Titans here until I was well, well into high school. Mafia okay. with the theme song for the fucking season for the Titans. Throwing it back with that. Who run yeah, it? Listen, listen. I, I'm I'm from here, but we didn't have them until I was in high school. I liked football before that. So like, I didn't. I like the Titans. I like. Hey, the, I mean, I don't have anything against them as long as I'm on the way. Six years old. All right. Even though I like Dan Marino and the Dolphins because of Ace Ventura, I'll still love some Dan Marino. Sure. But the, I once he retired pretty much as the Titans were going. So I'm a Titans guy through and through. I like. I was Titans. always a big uh, Ken Griffey Jr. guy. Oh yeah, I mean baseball. Yeah, I had the ten- Ken Griffey Jr. on Ken yeah. Griffey Jr. on N64, and I've never had an official baseball team, but I did play for the YMCA East Nashville Mark. Uh, the you know the East Nashville YMCA. The Mariners there, so I had that King Griffey Jr. connection. I played; t- it was T-ball actually. If you want to get yeah, really down kicked, into it, King Griffey Jr. He kicked tons of field goals. That guy, yeah, tons man. of them. Got that extra point every time. Yeah. Ah. So next week, I'm super excited. We're gonna be doing our top five go away heat guys of all time. The top go five away guys. That every time you saw <laughs> oh, on TV, good, you were just like wanted to change the channel, hated it. You know. We love the controversy here on uh, K-Fave Comparisons. I know yes. people are going to poo-poo all over this, and it's going to be super fun. I am super excited about it. Um, we're also doing, next week, top five never WWE guys. Never been in WWE. Never, ever, ever. Top five. Wait, so our top five has never been in WWE, and our Who Am I is Go Away Heat. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. going to be a fucking fun episode. want to say shout-out to everybody in Memphis. Our thoughts and prayers and good vibes go out to the people out there. We had 
some random motherfucker going on a rampage, shooting everybody. Just want to say, uh, get well, Memphis people. I love my Tennessee people. I'm always going to shout them out. And uh, we don't like crazy motherfuckers who kill people. Fuck that. Yeah, we're not into that. It's not cool. But the queen did die, and that's kind of funny. But uh, My goodness. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace. Peace.